You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. Our exclusive prospect engagement program delivers up to 23 warm prospects to each of our advertisers each year. If you'd like to learn more about our prospect engagement program, contact Rose Chamorro, 951-515-4661. All right, we have two guests in the studio, Mark Matthews and Eric Wolf of Airwolf 3D. Let's start with you, Eric. Tell us a little bit about your professional path to starting this firm and now leading it, etc. How did you, How did you end up here? Well, I, I started as a mechanical engineer and uh, worked for a year or so in actually bearing sales and uh, got to travel all around the country and uh, actually toured Southern California as part of my first job. Loved it here, so decided to stay. As part of staying, I got my law degree here at Whittier Law School. And uh, after law school, I started practicing patent law and okay. uh, practiced patent law for uh, about 10 years. And uh, sort of in my spare time, I, I, I just love cars and love tinkering with cars and, and designing things. And in my spare time, I uh, had been uh, working on a car model, trying to make a uh, like about a 10th scale model of a car that I wanted to design and actually manufacture and, and sell. Okay. It, it was this, this thing that was kind of always in the back of my head, and, and I had to give it a shot. And uh, so my uh, my wife, Ava, uh, she's a co-founder. She uh, encouraged me to to uh, put that model in a CAD and then to have someone build it for us. Okay. And uh, so when it got time to build the uh, actual model, well, we looked at 3D printers and having things 3D printed, and it was going to be $500 or so just to get one copy of this car made, this little one-ton scale car. And then I knew I was going to make changes to it. Right. And so it would have started costing $500 each change, and I, I don't think Ava would have been very happy with that. So uh, I said, well, we can go buy a 3D printer, and uh, the 3D printers at that time were about $20,000. It was very expensive for an individual. Sure. Right. And she said, uh, well, you can just cash out the 401k. Why don't you follow your dream? What a woman. What a woman. (laughs) Did you? You're blushing over here. You can't see it. Well, you can on a YouTube video, but on uh, a radio show. I think I was about 15 minutes away from cashing out the 401k. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Well, uh, I I went to go buy the printer online, and and it was... Maybe it was twenty thousand dollars, and then uh, the the ad said, "Okay, well, then for another thousand dollars or so, you can buy the materials, and then for another couple thousand, you can buy the cleaning solution." And I started adding it up, right? And it was going to cost me a couple hundred dollars just to build one model, and it was it was so expensive, it didn't make sense. So I, I just kind of took the night and rethought the whole thing, did a little research online, and there was this other area of printers that was on the very low end. And they were about uh, fifteen hundred dollars or so, and we ended up purchasing one of those, and uh, got that for Christmas. It arrived in a cardboard box with no packaging material, nuts and bolts um, flying around the box. Turned it on, it started smoking. Nice. Yeah, the, no, nothing worked uh, really at all. Spent a week trying to get it to work, and finally just disassembled it to nuts and bolts and bearings, and threw everything else away. Hmm. 
and uh, yeah, so so we, that was the genesis for <laughs> I can make a three D printer better than these guys, <laughs> and uh, yeah, sort of yeah. And then we were um, on vacation in Big Bear, and, and I was thinking about I really want to make the car, I really want to follow through on this, and then I sourced parts from all around the world, from Italy, from the Czech Republic, Spain, and uh, put something together. It actually worked, and mm. so at three o'clock at night, when uh, uh, I woke, gave up, and I said, like, "It's it's working." So we're actually printing stuff in the in the kitchen. Wow! And how long ago was that? That was in uh, two thousand and twelve. Okay, not early that long 2012. ago. Well, it's two thousand fourteen now, so it's a year and a half. Okay, so now, Mark Matthews, what attracted you to this space, three D printing, and the price points that uh, your firm is delivering? Why did you leave the corporate world to to join a company and 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 be its president now? Yeah, that's okay. correct. So uh, I'd had a very successful career at Toshiba. Spent 20 years there and was actually CEO of their 2D printing division, doing all the paper and those kind of products. And I was personally ready for a personal change in my life to go do something different. And I actually met Eric and Ava through their law firm. We had a mutual friend in in, in common at the law firm. And I got to meet them, and it sort of really, really, really resonated with me. So I had been the big corporate, multinational, distributed products in the U.S. and Latin America. Was sort of eager, though, to really go build something from early stages. Okay. Um, I love this space. Having been successful in 2D, I thought 3D, well, that'll be a new challenge, right. a little bit it's more complicated. a whole complicated. new dimension there. A whole new dimension. We'll go out and make it do it. And uh, I met Eric and Ava. Uh, they're the type of people they are, to get to know them, they just honest, ethical people, really care about their customers. Uh, Eric is infectious with his love of technology. And what was neat for me was I could bring something different that they didn't have, really from the business side. Right. Really building infrastructure, helping with financing. Uh, I've spent 20 years in distribution, which they didn't have. So the skill sets were just really, really complementary between the three of us. And uh, it's just turned out to be a great great move for me personally and, and to move from a big corporate thing into a fast-paced entrepreneurial startup where yeah. every, there's too much to do and not enough time has just been, been invigorating for yeah. me personally. I, I left the corporate world to start my own business. Yeah. And going from a world where a good idea takes a while to get into the market to a good idea can be in the market, at least on your website, later that day yep. or that week. <laughs> sure. If, you, if it's, it's really a good idea, it is amazing. It's very liberating, isn't it? It's very, but, very liberating. You, you, leave, you leave it the day almost more refreshed than when you showed up in the morning. Well, there you go. So what is the current state of 3D printing from your perspective being a driving force in that space. Uh, we hear a lot about it. There's a lot of media coverage for it. You've clearly identified a, a niche that you want to be in, an area. So help our audience who are CEOs of middle market companies, some of the manufacturing firms, to understand from your perspective kind of what is currently going on in 3D printing. Abbreviated version. Sure. Because it's a big market. <laughs> it sure is. I, I think you can get... 3D printers all the way from $200 to probably $2 million. Uh, I generally think of the market as divided into uh, three areas. We have the uh, cheap kind of consumer 3D printers that may or may not work, kind of like what I went through. Okay. And uh, then at the very high end, we have 3D printers that can print with extreme detail. You can print titanium. You can print jet engines with them. Uh, in the middle here, and in the middle I'm talking in the less than $10,000 or less than $20,000 range, but above the $3,000 range, uh, we see uh, uh, a, a large potential market for B2B, uh, for, let's say, uh, engineers using SolidWorks uh, to share a 3D printer at work. Okay, for prototyping? 
Exactly, for prototyping, but prototyping in a functional sense. Okay. And so this is... This isn't a mock-up then. I'm sorry. Right. I'm just having a conversation with you. Exactly, exactly. This is... Uh, conventionally, when we think about prototyping, we think about um, uh, maybe printing out something and showing it to our boss, and it looks very nice, but it's delicate. Don't drop it. You're right. There's only one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's with the conventional materials. That's through an SLA process. And then we have the ABS um, process, um, which is a, it's a, a part that you can feel and touch and won't break when you drop it, but you can't use it in a machine. Right. So a lot of the prototyping that we see the demand for at the aerospace companies are parts that are made out of materials like nylon, polycarbonate, strong engineering-grade materials okay. that can go in machines and at least be tested for a right. day or two right. to see if it's going to work, right. see if that gear is going to work. Because the earlier in the design you can figure out what's wrong with it, the cheaper it is to fix it, right? Exactly. So I have a question, and maybe you guys, because you come from the 2D space, right. Mark, and you've been in the printer industry for a long time. Did the industry misclassify itself by calling this thing a 3D printer? Is this really? I mean, isn't it more than 3D printing? I mean, you know, I think when we use the term printing, we almost lock ourselves into a paradigm that isn't appropriate for the capabilities of these pieces of machinery. Yeah, I think that's that's very accurate. And I, I don't know where the word 3D printing came up from, but this is really the word I use a lot is additive manufacturing, where layers upon layers of things are created to create a new piece to be differentiated from subtractive manufacturing, which is taking a chainsaw to a piece of wood and taking stuff away. Um, Aren't we giving people the capability to become a manufacturer of something? Absolutely. We have have great case studies of people uh, doing short-run production parts in plastics. Normally, they'd spend $50,000 or $100,000 for a piece of tooling to do injection molding. Now, in a matter of minutes, at a low cost, they can design plastic parts. And uh, we even use it in our own production line. At uh, Airwolf 3D, we actually print a lot of our own parts in the process. Right. It's a fascinating technology. It's going to change manufacturing everywhere. That's what I'm thinking, and, and it changes the consumer uh, and supplier relationship. Eric, it, uh, so let me let me tell you who I'm talking to. I'm talking to Eric Wolf and Mark Matthews. They're with Airwolf 3D, an Orange County 3D printer company that is creating great. I'd say middle market products then, for the way you describe them. I mean, they're, they're price range in the middle, high value products for a lot of different applications. Uh, yes. Could you see a day where consumers have 3D printing devices and you go online and you buy a product and what they download to you is the instructions on how to make it in your own home? Could, could that day happen where you're not even buying the physical product, you're buying the intellectual property that allows you and license you to make that product in your home? Could that be it? Uh, certainly. And, and to a certain extent, you can get on uh, websites today and download things like nuts and bolts. Um, you can download the 3D files, and uh, you could put that file in one of our printers and press print and have that nut or bolt, albeit in nylon or polycarbonate rather than steel. Right. So it's, the beginnings of it are here. All right. We're going to take... We're going to take our first commercial break during this segment here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We've got so much more to talk about in this space, and I don't know how much we're going to get to in the next 10 minutes because there's a lot that I want to ask you guys, but it's great to have you in the studio. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to continue this conversation with Mark Matthews and Eric Wolf of Airwolf 3D in just three minutes. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. 
Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Eric Wolf and Mark Matthews are our featured guests here for this segment. They're with Airwolf 3D, and we're talking about all things 3D printer. And I would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. Uh, we appreciate your growing and continued support. All of our shows can be heard live on Internet radio station octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, and bu- other business-oriented podcasting services. Um, Mark, from your perspective, coming in with a fresh set of eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're seeing the market opportunity for this. Yes. CEOs of middle market companies are listening to our show. Some of them are manufacturing. Some of them are construction. Can you just kind of share with us some of the examples of co- how companies are using your products to create products for themselves to use either in prototyping or other applications? Yeah, we see a couple of applications, and our our customers are really business-to-business applications, and so that's where our focus is at. They really fall into two broad categories. One is rapid prototyping, and the other is this sort of additive manufacturing that we talked about. So a good case study on this would be someone like a Boeing or Lockheed who uses our customer, who uses our product, and they want to develop a part. In the old days, which would be even today, they would send a part out, have it reproduced, coming back to the engineer. They tweak it, realize, hey, i got to make a change, has to go back out, it gets reprototyped. But now they can actually print it from their desktop. And so what we're trying to be is the HP printer or the printer sitting next to the engineer's computer allowing them to print out that three-dimensional object. And so that's really the focus of what we do. The other area that's really interesting, and you alluded to this, is the change in the manufacturing world. So we actually have customers who do short-run manufacturing. We have a customer who sells drone parts. So he's printing in this polycarbonate, lightweight, high-strength material, sells it on eBay. So when he gets an order, he'll set out a piece, he'll uh, print out a a set of propellers or skids or whatever and ship it immediately. Uh, I ran into a customer the other day that prints parts for pickup trucks, a special lighting that goes on truck beds. Um, and he has plastic parts, and he just prints those, those whatever parts he needs, be it for a Ford or a Toyota or whatever, just needs one or two of them. 
he can print them out immediately and get them to a customer the same day. Really changing the way people run businesses. It, it changes the whole idea of what it means to be a manufacturer because um, before this, I, I was the president of a manufacturing division of Delphi Corporation here in Southern California. And, you know, raw material, yep. inventory, just in time, all these other issues go away if you have the capability to do short-run manufacturing right there in your shop. Right? Changes over changes overnight. It makes you competitively such a different animal than what you were beforehand. So I would encourage any middle market CEO who's a manufacturer who hasn't yet looked at 3D printing to take a look at not only 3D printing but Airwolf 3D because it sounds like you guys are in that space right. to help them. Um, let me ask you, Eric, uh, technology always disintermediates somebody. Right, you get a new capability through this technology, and somebody wins big, and somebody might lose big, so I, 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 or lose a little bit. So I'm wondering, there are firms that are set up around building prototypes and and short run. Uh, how does their business change when their customers now have the capability to offload that internally? Do they then have to reinvigorate their business model? Or, or what do you see happening in the supply chain when companies have much more capability to do this uh, quick manufacturing called 3D printing? Well, we see a lot of in-house engineering and prototyping taking place, certainly, just like what you said. Conventional engineer would, would design something, send it out to the prototype shop. A week later, the part would come back and it probably wouldn't be quite right and would have to go back out we have a two-week um, run in that whereas now uh, if he has a 3d printer on his desk it'll take a couple hours and what our 3d printers are particularly good at is doing quick strong prototypes that are accurate as well and what we and when i mentioned prototypes i mentioned a quick prototype if you want the the almost final part that you're going to check for the really precise tolerances that you are going to put, for example, in a jet engine, you will still send that out to the $2 million machine, which is not well, yeah. not feasible to have in your shop. Um, this prototyping will get you to that point so that you won't have to run uh, a couple of different variations on that very expensive, time-consuming machine. You'll already know exactly what the part's going to look like. You know, you, you guys uh, use the term Boeing and, and large firms, and I can certainly see how multinationals like Boeing and other behemoths in the aerospace industry would benefit from this and maybe an automotive as well. But I'm also thinking my audience, which are middle market, $100 million companies, $50 million companies, this could be a real competitive advantage to have this technology and at the price points that you're talking about, it's not prohibitive, I don't think, for a $50 million company to buy a couple of these for their engineering prototyping. Do you guys agree? I totally agree. And I think you know what you'll see is a big shifting in where manufacturing is being done. So today, instead of having to go to China, where you're paying for the long time transit time, you got IP issues with your technology. Well, but if you can do this in house, do your parts quickly. You can change them, be in the production line the next day. You don't have to worry about inventory, managing tooling, uh, engineering is more flexible and nimble than they were before. The whole landscape of manufacturing, particularly for the small and middle market is going to change. It's going to make them much, much more competitive and put them on, a, I think, a better playing field with larger companies. Yeah, we were a $70 million manufacturing company, the Delphi division that I was responsible for. And anytime we had an outside process, I always had a risk around that. I yes. mean, there's time risk. There's It's out of my control. It leaves my shop. Anything can happen. That's not a good day. 
And if I can insource that and keep, if I have the capabilities to do inside, I much prefer as a manufacturer right. to keep that stuff in in the shop. And it sounds like to me with your technology, which is far more than just printing, you give them the capability to insource a lot of things that historically maybe they've had to outsource. And you guys are only starting to open the envelope of what this technology can do for companies, aren't you? Yeah, this, this industry is very uh, immature compared to other industries. It, it reminds me of the early days of the computer industry where everybody was scrambling to figure out exactly what works and who's going to survive and who's going to die. And everybody's doing stuff at the local level. It's very analogous to that, what went on in the computer industry 30 years ago. And I think that, Eric, is the best use of the printer term in that we all know how office printing has then led to home printing and who doesn't have at least one printer in their house let alone in their office and how much do we use it of stuff that we used to have to send out to get done only this is a highly capable product that can do more than print print a nice brochure it can print print parts that you could sell (laughs) certainly so uh, to me this is this i I agree with you completely this we are seeing uh, what i like is giving it other entrepreneurs this capability and then they figure out how to use it Right. Yeah. Other businesses take what you've invented and figure out how to apply it in their business model that gives them competitive advantage. Yeah, this is one of the biggest change in the world of manufacturing in, in two decades. And we're I'm, we're just, seeing people yeah. bringing more and more back to the right. U.S. Right. So you're enabling you're an enabling technology for right. that. Right. We'd like to think so. Yeah. I yeah. think you absolutely are. Well, you know, we as we mentioned, we make our products right here in Costa Mesa. You know, so we brought jobs right here to Orange County in Costa Mesa that might normally have been done in Mexico or China. So we're the perfect case study of a small, growing company that's using that technology to differentiate themselves. Powerful. That's a great idea. All right. So uh, if someone wants to learn more about your story, about your product line, about the applications and case studies, how do they find Airwolf 3D online? Well, you can go to www.airwolf3d.com, and you can reach us at email at info at airwolf3d.com as well. Final question. Tell me why, how you picked the name. Well, my last name is Wolf. Got that part. And uh, air sort of reminds us of uh, when we look at the printer, it's clear. It's got an airiness, airiness about it, if that is a word. Uh-huh. And uh, it's it got an openness to it. So combining the two uh, just kind of clicked. Okay. So I lied. That's not my last question because when you <laughs> answered it, maybe it, it reminded me of another question that I wanted to ask you. Are your clients taking you in new directions? In other words, Mark, when you meet with them, do they say, well, if your product could do this, we could uh, would, do you have one that has this capability? I mean, do you do you see your, your product line expanding over time based on input from your clients? Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen just in the just the last few months, we've really focused in on cer- certain couple segments. And those customers have resulted in new products that we introduced just last month. We talk about the polycarbonate. That came out of the corporate world saying, we want to print this and no one else can. Can you help us? We want a bigger print area. Can you help us? Yes. And we absolutely, the customers have been a driving force in our product line. And you're going to see us expand dramatically in the next 12 months, the number of products that uh, we have. So this kind of brings full circle to the earlier thing I asked you about, which was in this kind of a world, a good idea can be on your website later that week. It sounds like here, a good idea from a customer can be in your product line within a couple months, right? That's true. Delivering, absolutely. shipping. I mean, that not that a great isn't that a great place it's, to be? It's a wonderful place to be. It, 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 nothing's better than answering your customers' needs, is it? i got to thank you both. I mean, I think 
I love entrepreneurs. I think it's the hardest thing to do in business is create a business from nothing, right? The world wouldn't care if you never got your products into the market, would they? They wouldn't know what they've missed. No, and I have to give a lot of credit to my wife, Ava. So she said, no matter how good this 3D printer of yours is or how good you think it is, it's not going to matter if it's not online, if we can't get it, if we can't get it out there, if we can't tell people what it is. And she did a wonderful job on the website. Uh, our website's uh, ranked among the top three in the country for 3D printers right now. Wow. Congratulations. So that's all her work. Shout out so. to Ava. <laughs> yep. You're a good husband. Never leave the show without saying something about the missus because she's earned that. I, I like your style. Uh, the earlier guest said, happy wife, happy life. There you go. Business partner, too. All right. Let's give the website one more time, and then we'll be done. www.airwolf3d.com. All right. Thank you, guys. I've uh, This Thank time's you. flown by. This has been fun. Continued success. You're going to have to come back and continue to. to keep us updated on this exciting area that you're in. I thank appreciate you so it. Much. Thank All you. right, I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our Chris, our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Asia Celestino does all of our marketing strategy, and Melissa Padani helps with social media. Our VP of Sales is Rose Chamar, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank our advertisers: Brandman University, Decision Toolbox, NBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, SNH Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection for their support of the program. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 